say just a toy story or a four in a box. These are the stories of action, toy glory, and work clocking. SH figures, black series, or hot toys. And figures with transformation sequences that make noise. Check out the joints and the many points of articulation. We're celebrating the global collector nation. Sit back, relax, and get ready to rock this. Here's the real chow. Welcome, Welcome to the to latest episode of Shelf Conscious. I'm your host, Keith Chow. Joining me on the podcast and video series this week is a fellow toy collector we actually met through a mutual friend. You may have heard of him, Jason Sperber. He was one of the uh, founding fathers, literally, of the Nerds of Color. And he introduced me to this great guy. I've been following his IG now, and he's got a lot of cool toy photographs, these action figures on Instagram. Please welcome to Shelf Conscious, Greg Carter. Hey there. How's it going? I'm, I'm so glad we're getting to talk. Of course. No, I, I was just saying, the people I relate to the most are the ones who have shelves and shelves of six three and three quarter inch action figures and i can right. see behind you you are definitely my people so <laughs> and clearly star wars is 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 your first love is that fair to say yeah star wars is the starting point you know kind of I, I wasn't even thinking about it but back in 2005 when revenge of the sith came out i, I started to buy action figures and at first it was just like oh let me buy a couple jedi and a couple troopers and now you can see my bookcases. There are no books. I, I do have some books, but then they are, they're nowhere to be found because that just kept growing and growing and it just clicked. I, th- I think it was just this, this kind of uh, junction of being the right age, having some expendable money, not needing to be cool anymore. The last Star Wars movie, which at that time felt like it was just going to be the very last Star Wars movie ever. I just started buying action figures. I tried to um, narrow it down with just Darth Vader. So Darth <laughs> Vader is my main man. And so if there was a new line that Hasbro was putting out or some other company was putting out, I'd, I'd tell myself, just get Darth Vader. But it quickly spiraled out of control. <laughs> right. I, it's still Darth Vader. And Darth Vader kind of helps me. And now it's kind of space. And so this room is about 10 by 10 and most of the collection is here. Okay, th- there are a couple shelves in another room and a couple <laughs> shelves in another room and some crates in the basement. <laughs> right. But this is the, uh, how do they call it in museums? This is the permanent collection. This is the, the curated. <laughs> the, main, the main exhibition art. room. Right. So you said 2005 is when you started. So did you not collect toys or buy toys when you were younger or anything? Well, I did when I was a kid. And, and so I think, Right. I was seven when Star Wars came out. So I was just the, that target age. And and I remember I remember turning 13 and Return of the Jedi came out. Puberty had already hit and I wasn't playing with my toys as much. And my mom said to me, do you mind if we donate your toys? And I, I was strongly on the adolescence kick. I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Give away my toys, whatever. <laughs> so I, I did not have toys through adolescence so like the the whole 80s phenomenon totally bypass you were too old by like the time gi joe and masters i had a couple gi joes but they didn't really vibe you know what actually i i had legos and um the space the original space series which was great i had the little lego people were kind of subjected to the star wars people they were kind of (laughs) (laughs) you know it's funny like i was thinking about you know 
first of all, I think you're right. When you're a kid, you can't call yourself a collector when you're a kid, right? You're bu- you're buying toys to play with them. You're not right. really putting them up on shelves to display. And I actually remember, you know, I've been talking a lot about G.I. Joe recently on this podcast. You know, the, mm-hmm. the guy I had on last week, Cincy Nerd, he's a huge G.I. Joe fan. I had Larry Hama, who was the creator right. of G.I. Joe on. So, like, and then Snake Eyes is coming on. G.I. Joe is, like, the one thing that's my kind of constant i think throughout my life but anyway but i was thinking back to like how i used to play with them when i was a kid and i think i did something similar in that you know i didn't necessarily i mean of course i did the occasional like gi joe versus cobra and then sometimes they were just like wrestlers in a wrestling <laughs> like i right. would have them like right. body slam each other and then you're right gi joe and star wars were the same scale and sometimes you know mm-hmm. lines would mix and i would have darth vader getting choke slammed by snake eyes or something like right that. right being a Star Wars kid, you're dealing with the five points of articulation. And when G.I. Joe came out, it was just like, oh, this is better. But it's not Star Wars, so it's not better. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you went through the whole, like, you got basically bypassed by the 80s and 90s kind of like action figure boom. And then, but you were reintroduced into 2000s as an adult. Right. And, you know, the thing about the resurgence of Star Wars, and it wasn't only the prequels, the figures came back about 10 years earlier, 95, The Power of the Force kind of reintroduced a whole new generation to Star Wars toys. And I remember, like, that's kind of what brought me back. Because I went through the same thing. I've talked, now three episodes in a row, I talked about my mom giving, getting rid of all of my Masters of the Universe. So I'm not going to tell that story again. But it was the same thing. Like, you know, she gives you, she asks for your consent. And then when you're a a dumb teenager, you're like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) And then you you spend the rest of your adulthood chasing all those toys back. Right, right. (laughs) But... I know that like I was a high school, so I'm a little bit younger than you. I was a high school senior in 95 mm-hmm. and that's when power of the force came out. That's also when Batman forever was mm-hmm. in theaters. And I think that's when I kind of, I let my nerd flag fly and I was like, fuck it. I'm not going to pretend I don't well, like toys good. anymore. And that's it was, good. you know, I, I started instead of using my brother as like a shield to go to uh-huh. the toy aisles, I was like happily going to the toy aisles and comic right. stores with him and, and fully owning my nerdiness Right. But anyway, I wanted to ask you, like, you know, since it took you a few more years to get into the, did you go back and try to, like, buy back any of the vintage figures, any of the, like, the Power of the Force figures? Like, 2005, rebelscum.com was the place, right? I mean, things have, it hasn't been that long, but things have totally changed. YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and so on and so forth to get information. So I, I, I think Rebel Scum was, like, my homepage, and I would yeah. just pour over there. Uh, catalogs of all the product lines like I said Darth Vader was my thing so I was like okay I'm gonna get every Darth Vader I'm not gonna get every everyone else did the prequels complicate that a little bit because you're like well I guess I gotta get Anakin now too so that's technically <laughs> and that's well, what expanded <laughs> if I had to get go into the old lines if I had to go into power of the force and power of the Jedi so on it would be Darth Vader and I don't know how much those things run on eBay now, but I was mostly eBay. Like I was like, oh, I need this Darth Vader or that Darth Vader, or this is the best Luke going. Right, this is the right. best Luke in his half gear going. I think there was a lot of like, what is the best version of the character and outfit? And I think I would go for that. And eBay, right? eBay Things weren't too expensive on eBay. Um, and so I would go for the... Uh, what, shop on eBay. So there, there was constantly 
brown packages <laughs> and there's constantly books being moved off of the bookcase i mean when you think of the evolution too of those figures even from when you were a kid like you said the, the three and three quarter ones back in the 70s and 80s five points are it's funny that like a lot of retro style companies are, are kind of like bringing that back like super seven right. and funko did like the reaction figures and that's kind of like capturing the aesthetic of those old star wars toys but when you compare like those old vintage ones to even the the three and three quarter ones that come out now, that are like super articulated, mm. but don't lose the like the sculpt, like it's such a wild evolution in the last yeah, few it has. years. Yeah, the, it's the the I think when I got into it in the mid two thousands, that's when Hasbro was really like putting more and more points of articulation in there. I don't really collect the and three quarter as much anymore, but they're just as good as six inch. I mean, beyond the physical limitation, just. Right. Well, the vintage collection, right? Like the vintage collection are essentially yeah, like yeah. shrunken down black series. Yeah. They're, they're just as good. And, and then they, you know, but they also in recent years kind of Hasbro brought back the aesthetic of like the five points. Right. Figures. Yeah, I don't have space for that. <laughs> well, you got to get the Vaders at least, right? No, because I have them, in... <laughs> and it's painful. I had to, I had to put the three and three quarters in in the basement. Because what else has happened in the past ten years? Marvel, right. DC, changing hands a number of times. So I, I, right, I've got, I've got Star Wars shelves, but I also have Marvel shelves. I mean, it's Hasbro is still like the the owner of your of your wallet, <laughs> like they. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like, you know, I've said this on, the, on a previous episode, Hasbro has kind of become like the Disney of the toy industry in that, right. you know, Disney owns like literally every nerd property yeah. that you could ever want. Hasbro is pretty much that too. So then again, if you, then they're, they're the expensive imports. So I do have some hot toys. You think a hot toy is $200 or more. That's like, I can't 10. see it. I have the deluxe Mando right there. That's, oh, yeah, that's the first that. one I bought. I bought it for this guy. Right. And and I now I've got I always told myself I would never get into hot toys just because like to your point, two hundred dollars for an action figure. I, I always had the the Michael Keaton Batman, but that was a gift from my uncle like, uh-huh. when we visited in Hong Kong seven years ago. Right. But it never was like I was like, I'm never gonna buy one. I just can't go down that rabbit hole. I ended up buying Deluxe Mando and Harley Quinn from Birds of Prey. <laughs> yes, I just went and casually dropped five hundred dollars. Yeah, I have on a toys. pretty solid number of the hot toys, <laughs> but it, it was so expensive. And then it was just like, oh my god! And they were getting more expensive. So yeah. I was like, am I really gonna get another Anakin, or am I just gonna display my old Hasbro one with pride? <laughs> and I just or my old Sideshow one with pride. I decided it's okay to mix brands. It doesn't yeah, for sure. Be the best. For sure. But one Hot Toys is like 10, 11, 12 Hasbros. So <laughs> I was just going to say, too, that. like one thing you could do with your three and three quarter Vaders, if you go and buy the old school Darth Vader case and just uh-huh. fill them up with the uh, three and three quarter Vaders. And that's it. There you go. You just have that as your display. Right, right. I did end up getting because in, in 2005, they re-released the old uh, carry case. And then I went on Brian'sToys.com and, and, and got uh vintage uh from the 80s ones and uh that's that's my collection would you say like six inch though is your like go-to scale because like my... looking at your instagram i feel like you know the the majority of the the figures you're posting is pretty much like black series marvel legends yeah so on yeah. and so forth yeah why do you think that's the sweet spot what is it because i feel the same way like i if you can see all my shelves like it's it's the all the black series cl- classified 
What do you think it is about that particular scale that's the sweet spot for so many collectors? Because everything right. that I well, read... it's a it's a great balance. There's more detail than the three and three quarter. There's equally articulation, more detail. It's, it's photogenic, not too expensive. Enough different lines are in six inch. I love to mash up. I love to cross universes. So any anything that's in scale with each other. So I bought Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I was surprised with myself. <laughs> it's like, ooh, the uh, what's their name? The two old guys, Waldorf and Stanton, yeah. that sets back in stock. So I wanted to get into the the notion of like you know collecting as a collector of color a little bit, right? Because sure. I think one of the, you know, and I I've, I've joked that we're not going to talk about representation because I just want to talk about toys. But at the same time, I think a point that you've made in the past is when you are a collector of toys and all the properties that we kind of love aren't that diverse however Mm. in recent years you know you're starting to see more characters of color and and for what it's worth like you know he-man gi joe even star wars had the occasional black figure or Mm. or asian ninja figure right but like do you feel like as a collector of color that it's important to have like black action figures on the shelves as well and 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 do you do you think that like the collecting community is as cognizant of those disparities as like other parts of like nerddom because oh. I know that you've said too that collecting feels more insular than say like cosplaying or going right, to conventions. Right. right. Well, I, you know, uh, here's a funny story. When I was probably twelve or so, I was playing with my best friend who, who was black. We were in the backyard, and I asked, you know, those pipes that stick out of the yard, that it's like the water pipe, whatever. I dropped my Lando Calrissian down that pipe. And both of us, I just remember both of us just sitting there heartbroken. (laughs) I mean, there are many other flashier and more seminal characters in Star Wars, but to drop the Lando down there is just heartbreaking. So it's kind of some of the same feelings are there. I mean, action figures are little fetishes and tokens and a little little representations of characteristics and and things that we look up to or or even things that we feel in a struggle with so to have characters who are represent yourself or represent part of your life is definitely important there's been an incredible increase and i think which goes hand in hand with the the casting and then the shows and the storylines whether it be marvel or, or star wars mandalorian whatever. They're definitely more minority action figures. And that's great. I, I love it. I, I have a couple uh, Instagram photos where I, uh, every, every time the Black Series inter- brings in another Black character, I post a, a picture where all the previous ones welcome him to the Black <laughs> Series. So, And that actually turned out to be one of my most popular posts. Yeah. I have no idea that a picture of Grief Karga, uh, old Carl Weathers, <laughs> with other African-American characters greeting him would be really popular, but um, that took off. Yeah, I think there are a number of guys who are African-American who follow me who appreciated it. Then I think there must be people out there just following tags, Black Lives Matter, Black Heroes Matter, and then that appealed to them. And there, there's, there's, a, there's kind of a, it's not very formal, but in my head, I can name a bunch of people who 
are into those representations. And, and there's a lot of support for each other. Uh, we know that we love these characters yeah. and love posts with them. And, you know, but at the same time, I was thinking, too, again, since we're, we're talking about Star Wars and that, you know, when the sequels came out and it was huge that John Boyega was all over the, the trailers mm-hmm. for The for Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the uproar, I don't know if you remember five years ago, the uproar was like, where's Ray? How come there are no Ray figures? Mm-hmm. Where's Finn? There's barely any Finn merchandise. And if yeah, you look at the totality not, of the sequels. There's still not much Ray merchandise, really. I still have, so in, in my shelves, I have these little cut up pieces, card oh, cue cards that have the names of the figures that I'm still waiting for them to create. <laughs> they, they did, they barely made any characters from Rise of Skywalker. Well, it took I, them, well, the, you know, I think they're trying to forget Rise of Skywalker as quickly as possible. Right, but, like, right. but it also took them five years to make a little uh, six inch Riz Ahmed too. But we, you know, we finally got the, the Rogue One updates. Right. Uh, that was breaking right. news a couple of days ago. But, you know, but again, thinking of like Rose Tico, like when, when, you know, I mean, of course, she's controversial in that she's an Asian woman existing in Star Wars. That's what makes her so controversial. But there was nary a rose. Like there hasn't been any since that initial one yeah. that came out when when Last Jedi came out. And I recall much of the uproar around her character. You know, there is these racists on YouTube that I won't name that like their whole shtick was like buying up all the rose figures and like burning them or cutting them up <laughs> and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And yeah. so like on the one hand, it's like, well, at least you're upping the numbers it's a really dumb way to protest <laughs> like hasbro's like oh wow she's selling really well but at the same time it's like <laughs> there's uh you know i wonder what you know what you mentioned rise of skywalker i was at a disney presentation before the film came out of like their merchandise and like we were all going how come there's no rose merchandise is she not in the movie and then we learned right. yeah she's not in the movie <laughs> yeah, in the but movie. like but the same thing like there still hasn't been any finn figures since right his uh imperial disguise in uh last yeah. jedi like was there a Finn figure for Rise of Skywalker? No, there's not a, a cute twist and a nice jacket Finn. There's not a Poe with his sleeves rolled up. <laughs> yeah, he's another character of color that hasn't gotten right. much representation. So I will give them my money. <laughs> but again, I think people, they're just trying to forget Rise of Skywalker as quickly yeah, as possible. That could yeah, be what I'm it is. I'm so mad. I'm so mad at J.J. <laughs> Abrams. I mean, we knew it. But when he came out recently and said, oh, we didn't really have a plan for those movies. It's like, really? But the thing is, like, they, you know, the thing is, if you look, did you ever read the Duel of the Fates script that leaked? I I haven't read it. I haven't read it. I read it. Um, It's fucking great. Like, it's almost like, yeah, it totally flows out of Last Jedi. And -hmm. it's almost like they had a plan. (laughs) <laughs> and then that right. plan they just didn't got have a plan. <laughs> blown up in the middle and they didn't have a plan for when they blew up the original plan i think that's the issue right but, but yeah duel of fates as a script at least reads really great and you know i think the biggest monkey wrench and we're getting off the subject of toys i think the biggest monkey wrench was carrie fisher's passing because mm. the pattern was the first movie's hans the second movie's luke's and the third one's going to be leia's and then she wasn't around so they yeah had but to they still of, could have yeah it was still 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 a hot mess <laughs> the gas face. <laughs> so you've you've made a bit of a name for yourself on Instagram taking photographs of your figures. Like when did you decide like I want to get into toy photography and what 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 is your process for because uh-huh. you have some really cool funny, you know, oh, shots on your Instagram. It was around 3 years ago. God, what's going on? 
maybe my second child had just been born or was about to be born. So I was more homebound. And some I don't have all of my earliest posts there, but my my earliest posts, the earliest I can remember was um, I put Finn and Ray in the Batmobile and had them stealing the Batmobile from 1966 Batman and, and Robin. I don't know. It's just fun to visualize the stuff in my head and then pose it out, light it, get the good shot. And then it still took a while to, to start posting them on Instagram, but um, I, I just started posting them on Instagram. And so it's it's great because in, of, of social networks, I think Instagram has the most engagement. You have the most like people like saying they like it or, or and, and commenting and so on and supporting and, and following each other. Mm. Then, you know, the, the pandemic really amped it up for a lot of photographers isolating at home with your action figures <laughs> <laughs> and your your phone and sometimes taking a walk and taking a, having what they call your pocket figure. And, and so I made a point of that, uh, whatever that was last spring, got my pocket figure, taking the kids on a walk. Hey kids, stop, <laughs> stop walking. Don't go in the street. I'm about to take some pictures in front of this nice mossy wall. <laughs> and I think that support really in that community really grew. Another thing I really like about it, there's different levels. And there's, 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 there's the superstars who are also some of the big name reviewers on YouTube. There's some photographers who are not that famous, but there's a lot of openness and support for each other. I have a decent number of followers and, and, and I know some other guys and, and photographers who also have a lot of followers or they're around the same number of followers and everyone's just supportive of each other. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the one thing I have found about the toy collecting community is that even, you know, it is the one thing that in, in a way, you know, there is a sense of because we share this passion of this hobby, like mm. there is a sense of like, you know, uh, walls being take taken down between people like when you see someone you know even in the toy unless they're a scalper that's the one i think (laughs) that's the one part of the community that nobody likes and no one admits to being but you can tell who they are because they're the ones that are camping out at like eight o'clock right when target opens (laughs) do scalpers also have fun with it i don't know i don't think so like i don't get the appeal like i mean of course the appeal is so busy making money but like yeah how is that fun to just like swoop in and grab all of the Cobra Island figures just because. Right, right. You, I never can, saw any of them. <laughs> just because you can mark up the price by like three times right. or whatnot. What about the toy hunt? It's funny, like there's different factions yeah. or there's different types of toy kind of like personalities on the internet, right? right? There's photographers like yourself. I, I don't really do the hunt because I don't have enough time. So how do you get, do you just order online? Ordering mainly, mainly Big Bad Toy Store, Amazon, sometimes target that's the thing that's that's also kind of changed because like you know because i've been collecting since 95 like like you know really robustly collecting not just you know casually buying a figure here and there the the notion that you can just click a button and i think that's what's also frustrating about like gi joe and i keep it's four episodes in a row and i keep bitching about gi joe but it's like you can't even order them is what's crazy no no can't even (laughs) because i wanted the baroness and bike 
No. I set my whatever notifications no. on the Target app. Yeah, that trips me out. Like, but we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, that, that didn't, that thing <laughs> I had this dream that there was an action figure at Target. <laughs> and in my dream, I looked on the internet and it was there on the internet. And other people had it. Like, how how did it. they get it? That's what I never know. Right. But in my dream, I could never have it. <laughs> The, the the emergence of like Amazon and Entertainment Earth, Big Bad Toy Store, Dorkside, like all of these like online toy shops has been a godsend mostly yeah. for folks like us who are yeah. too busy to like, like I said, camp out at like eight o'clock right when Target opens. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still do it. It's still there's something thrilling about right. seeing it in the wild, you know, even if I don't pick it up. I'm like, oh, wow, there's the, uh, you know, Bo-Katan. Right. She's already on shelves, you know. Right. But the ease of just pushing a button and three weeks later like there's a box at your door it's nothing beats that (laughs) three weeks four days six hours and 18 minutes (laughs) not that you're counting (laughs) we usually like ask folks on the show what is their white whale what is the the holy grail figure or piece or vehicle maybe the one thing that got away now i know that you said you kind of stopped collecting throughout most of your young adulthood and then uh-huh. started back up, you know, post Sith. But right. I'm sure even since then, even though you drop a couple hundred dollars on hot toys, there's like that one thing that you haven't been able to acquire. What is it for you? Probably some of those Mezcos. Cause the Mezco 112s are beautiful and they, they come out and then you like think about it. If you're even this lucky, maybe like a couple of years ago was this way. Oh, you know what's painful? Because Mezco has done different characters a number of times. I do not own any Punishers. Any of those great Punishers, I don't own. I own one of their Batmans. I own two of Mezco Batmans. And um, I wish I had like a whole... I mean, there's like 12 of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's With so the various variations and so on. Yeah. And that's not counting the licensed ones, right? Like the movie ones. Like just the, uh, the like they have the whole series of like Sovereign Knight and yeah, all yeah, that those, stuff, right? right. Yeah. I, I I got the Sovereign and I got the regular version, which I think might still be in stock here or there. But there was a period when I was like, oh, look at the blue one, look at the, the black one, and so on. But you know, the, you gotta have see, I, I do Star Wars is my main thing, and then probably Marvel. But I, I I've got a bit of this and that right. all over the place so i but your main your main uh go-to is is star wars and yeah, so what if mezco Mar- got the star wars license then what would you do then oh god, <laughs> oh, god. <laughs> oh no exactly right <laughs> you know i have a i have a up and down relationship with mezco i bought the batman and superman from batman versus superman when they first came uh, out and I, right. I still have them in the box and because like they looked really good in pictures, but then oh. when I got them, I don't know something about the Henry Cavill right. costume just didn't translate well in like six inch scale. I yeah, guess. for for Mezco, I, I tried. I wait. I do wait for reviews to come out. Yeah. Oh, I do. Have, here's a question that you should ask: What is the expensive action figure you wish you didn't get? <laughs> yeah, there's a good one. What is that one for you? Because I have a couple. I, of them. I don't have anything personal against it, but they're they're um, Mesco's Gladiator Thor. It's beautiful, but it's too small. He he he's he's got to be bigger. So small. Yeah, yeah. And he he's got this nice clear porcelain face. He looks like <laughs> what's his name? 
Fitzsimmons from um, Agents <laughs> from of Steel. <laughs> not quite, not quite Chris Hemsworth. But, right. Um, but that, so the first Mezco figure I did open, though, and I don't know if you can see it on my shelf, is the Christopher Reeve. Yeah, that's great. With the that's base. a beautiful, yeah. great action figure. And then once I opened that one, I went on a bit of a Mezco <laughs> rabbit hole, and I ordered uh-huh. the Gal Gadot Wonder Woman, Jason Momoa, Aquaman. Uh-huh. And then I pre-ordered, so stupid, I pre-ordered, this is my regret, maybe I can still cancel it, but I pre-ordered the three-pack of uh, Batman, Flash, and Black Suit Superman from the Snyder Cut, because uh-huh. I was like, well, if I'm going to get them, I should just get the whole yeah, that's, that's team, Batman. right? Yeah. And I still have the original BVS Superman and Batman, which I don't, I still don't like them because they, the, the, the outfit looks like pajamas. They, like, they don't look as right. tailored as the Christopher Reeve Superman outfit. And I think right. that's my problem with it. So I, I'm probably end up gonna either cancel the pre-order or sell it when I get it, or I don't know. Maybe I'll open them. But yeah, that's the other problem I have. Upgrades like, happen. Yeah. Well, figures... we just talked about Rogue One, right? Like they just right. they finally fixed all those goddamn Rogue One figures that I've had for five years. They're all sitting in bins now, so I guess I gotta. Break right, you've those got out bins. Again. Send them to the bins. Yeah. I sent <laughs> Thor, Gladiator Thor, to the bins. Not to the bins. Well, back to his box. <laughs> Because he's just too small. To try to. Do you have it. anything that you just buy and leave it in the box? And not not that you're an inbox collector, but that's just like I, I just wanted to buy it just to buy it. I'm not actually going to open it and display it. No, <laughs> no. Toys want to be free. Yeah, I agree. Well, are they free when they're just behind glass cases? Like I always say to people, I've become the bad guy from Toy Story too. <laughs> well, they want to be. Oh, you're right. You're kind of putting them. Yeah, mine are, mine is in a detolf and another key. glass case. I don't. Know. But like you, maybe I will get rid of these books and replace them. Yeah, with books toys. are overrated. <laughs> <laughs> they they'll never make a Kindle for action figures, right? Right. <laughs> well, Greg, this has been a fun conversation. I would love to have you back on so we can sure. talk some more in the future. But until then, how can folks find you on the internet? Mainly through Instagram. So my handle is D's Action Figures, D-E-E-E-Z Action Figures. So it's kind of like the, the bit in, in the chronic, that little skit. <laughs> <laughs> and D's Nuts was already taken. <laughs> uh, right. So it's D's Action Figures. I try to post at least once a day. The more likes I get, the more posts I'll make. There you go. Somehow I'm on the wrong side of the algorithm. <laughs> well, if it- you know, we're trying to get some more viewers and listeners for Shelf Conscious, so maybe we can help each other out. The more people who like and follow these action figures on IG, like and follow the podcast, and find us on YouTube as well. Greg, thank you so much for, for being on the show. This has been so fun, and I, I, I can't wait to have you back on and talk some more about okay. Marvel Legends and Black Series and everything else. Sounds good. Our theme song is recorded by the one and only Jamie Noguchi. You can follow me on Twitter at the real chow, the underscore real underscore chow, and follow the podcast at shelfconnoc. Also, go to hardknockmedia.com to find this and all of the podcasts in the Hardknock family. Subscribe on YouTube.com/slash/the Nerds of Color for the video, and Apple Podcasts for the podcast. Give us a rating and review if you do. That'll help people find the podcast. Appreciate all the support, and always remember, Shelf Conscious is where we come collect.